irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Nina Show with Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland, only on LA Talk Radio. Hi there. Welcome to the Dr. Nina Show here on LA Talk Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland, and I'm here to help you stop eating calories, carbs, and fat grams so you can easily get to a healthy weight and get on with your life. If you want to call in and talk with me, that number is 818-602-4929. Ronan, I can hear myself. Sorry, guys, we're having some issue. All right, it stopped. Um, if you want to call in and talk with me today, that number is 818-602-4929. I would love to hear what's on your mind, what is weighing on you. Because the real problem with binge eating, stress eating, any kind of problematic eating, the problem is not food. The problem is what's eating at you. And something is eating at me today, something I must talk about, something that we as a nation, as a people, as a world must talk about. And that's the divisiveness, rage, and fear that's exploded in the United States after George Floyd was murdered by police. He was the latest of many, many, many men and women of color to die at the hands of police. Now, some of those cops are racist and sadistic, using their status as police for power instead of protection. Some may be operating out of implicit bias. They can be racist while denying and not even knowing or recognizing that they are, in fact, racist. I am, I'm, I'm actually going to tie this into how it impacts our relationship with food and ourselves in just a moment. So bear with me. So let me be clear. This is not about cops per se. This is not about the majority of peace officers who get up every day and often put their lives on the line to serve and protect. This is about the cops whose overt or implicit racism is literally killing people of color. According to the Washington Post database that tracks police shooting, in the last five years, 1,252 black people have been shot and killed by police, and that does not include those who died in police custody or who who were killed using other methods. So now we have protesters, looters, people apparently infiltrating the protests to further wreak havoc and try to make the protesters look like thugs. We have chaos, people. We have chaos. And there are a lot, there are a lot of feelings out there, a lot of feelings that are getting expressed through action. Some of it is through peaceful protest. Some of it is acting out of pure destructive rage, looting, destroying businesses or property. If we don't process our feelings, if we don't honor them and express them in a healthy way, we are overcome by them. We act on them instead of expressing them in a healthy way. What we feel and express, we will heal. What we feel and express, we can create change in our lives and in our our society. When we don't allow ourselves to express that which we feel, when we stuff it all down literally or figuratively, it doesn't stay down. 
It eventually surfaces and turns into binging or eating all day or, or whatever kind of problematic eating that is, that, that is bothering you, that, that you're suffering with, some kind of behavior that ends up hurting us more than it helps. We loot the fridge, if you will. So today, on a day when we have protests in the street, as well as a pandemic that continues to threaten our health, our lives, our economies, and our futures. Today, 100,000 Americans are dead. Nearly 400,000 people worldwide have lost their lives to COVID-19, including one person who was very dear to me. This is a frightening, upsetting, enraging, and unnerving time. And I want to hear from you about what you're going through. What is eating at you? What is weighing on you? I invite you to share your thoughts, to share your feelings, to, sh to share whatever is going on with you, whatever is upsetting you today. Give yourself permission to voice your truth and know you're going to be heard. I'm listening. The audience is listening. I want you to listen to yourself as well. And for those of you who are hearing this show but aren't calling, maybe because being on international radio is somewhat daunting. Hello? Or, hello? Oh, hello? hello? Well, someone's calling. Someone is not daunted by international radio. Who? who hi, caller. Hi, Nina. Hi, who's this? This is Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What's going on? What's eating at you? Well, um, just really struggling with emotional eating right now. And can't seem to, <laughs> I don't know, can't seem to not. <laughs> well, okay. Remember that if you are turning to food, it is for a reason. So when we try not to do it, never works. It's just about willpower. It's just about control. It's about white knuckling it. We've got to figure out not, not what you're eating, not focus on what you're eating, but why. So when you say you're struggling with emotional eating, tell me, tell me the last time this happened. Um, probably last night, just feeling stressed out and, um, feeling trapped, not able to go anywhere or do anything. Okay. So what are the emotions related to feeling stressed and trapped? Because that could be, that could be anxiety. It could be anger. It could be, you know, it could be fear. It could be all kinds of things. What, what, are, what's the feeling that goes with the experience of trapped? I guess, um, a little anxiety, a little anger. Okay. And not fear, no. Right. Okay. So, so, hold on. Um, and tell me when you emotional eat, or at least last night, what was your go-to food that you, that you turned to? Um, Usually it's something sweet or um, ice cream is one of the top ones I go to. I don't go for 
really anything salty. I like, sometimes I like crunchy. Okay. Okay. So uh, I don't know if you are familiar with my food mood formula, but what it does is it helps you relate certain foods to certain moods or needs. And yeah. ice cream, so ice cream, as sounds like you're ahead of me on this, ice cream is related to needing comfort. Right. And so, and so uh, if you don't have another way to comfort yourself, then you're going to use ice cream. So how do you, how do you talk to yourself when you need comfort or do you talk to yourself? I guess I'm really not aware um, if I say anything to myself. I, I just have this feeling comes over me and then I go, I just need something. And so usually I I'll something. just grab ice cream. Okay. So now you know that when that feeling comes over you and you need something, the something you go to is ice cream, but the something that you really need is a way to comfort yourself. We talk about comfort foods, but when we talk about comfort food, we really are talking about a wish to be comforted and to be, Alexa, stop. Oh my gosh. My Alexa is going off randomly for no reason. <laughs> The machines are taking over. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, pardon that intrusion, Debbie. So, no problem. <laughs> so, what you need is comfort. And if you don't know how to comfort yourself because you're so used to using ice cream, then you need to start practicing something new. And one of the ways to do that is to use my very technique, validate, acknowledge, and reassure yourself. Okay. So, and this takes, this. Uh, uh, people often say, why would I talk to myself when I could just go get some ice cream? Well, because ice cream doesn't really do it for long, and then you feel bad about yourself, and then you feel bad, and then you attack yourself, and then you, you need to use ice cream to comfort yourself because you just beat yourself up. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so using the very technique would sound something like, um, and you talk to yourself in first person, not second, but you know, whatever way you talk to yourself in a kind way, I'm I I'm a fan of that. Being nice, you would say, I need something. I need comfort. Of course I do, because this is really unbearable. I feel trapped. I feel stressed. This is really making me anxious. This whole situation of, you know, and I want you to, I'm going to do it for you. And then I'm going to have you do it for you. Of course, I feel this way. How can I not? We're in a pandemic. It's affecting me in the following ways. And it's upsetting and it's scary. And, and it's, it's anxiety producing. What else could I feel other than that? That's it. That validate and acknowledge. And then you reassure. I've been through tough times before. I can get through this too. I'm going to find a way. I'm resilient. I'm open-minded. Got to be open-minded and brave to call me on this show. So I know you're that. I have courage. And I'm going to, I'm going to get through this. <laughs> Okay. So, Debbie, what would you say to a friend 
who called you and said, oh, my God, I feel so trapped and anxious and awful. I can't stand it. What would you say to that friend? Um, I would say, of course you do. You're going through a lot over there, and you're used to going and doing things and being around people, and of course you feel this way. Who wouldn't? I kind of feel trapped myself. Yeah. So see how easy that came out when it was for this friend? Yes. So the next time you have that, ooh, I I just need something. What you need is to be a friend to yourself and to be mm-hmm. as kind to you as you are to others. Yes, that's uh, something that is going to be a process because I'm used to taking care of everybody and not really taking care of myself. So this is a familiar refrain that I hear a lot. Taking care of everyone, meeting their needs, being there for them, showing up for them. But when it comes to you, nada. Right. Which leaves a hole in your soul. Yes. And I've been doing it for many years. So it's, you know, it's this kind of... um, what I do and I know um, I have been trying to work through that and do journaling and things like that and just really not feel so guilty about putting me first that's the hard one okay so may I speak to that because what I'm hearing is I'm wondering if if you can relate to this many people feel that if they're not being selfless They're being selfish. So selfless is, I don't matter at all. It's all about you. I'm going to take care of you. It's all about you. Mm -hmm. Selfish is, it's all about me. You don't matter. It's just about me. Uh So neither of these are good. And I would, I'm going to bet that you're more on your, that you can relate to the selfless. It's all about you, not about me. So if you are, if you are in this place of it's either selfless or selfish, then any time you think about taking care of yourself, it feels selfish. Mm-hmm. You may recognize consciously and intellectually it's not, but who cares about that? Because that bears very little on what we do. It's how we, how we feel. So it may right. feel selfish. So I propose to you that in between selfless and selfish is self-care. And that's when you balance it. Hey, sometimes I'm going to take care of you at my own expense. And sometimes I'm going to take care of me because I matter too. Right. I know that logically. (laughs) But... um... It's taking time to really do that self-care because I know self-care is important. And when I am doing the self-care, everything seems to fall in line. And when I'm not, it's just kind of chaotic. So, And it, it might be helpful to, um, to look at where you learned 
forget the might be. It is helpful to always look at where you learned to develop this relationship to your own needs and wants and those of others. Like you learn to do this. And the good news, the good news is you can, what you learn, you can unlearn and you can learn a different way. Mm -hmm. You learn, you learn to give up you to take care of other people. And then ice cream takes care of you. Right. Right. And I think ice cream kind of goes back to, you know, childhood where, you know, it was kind of a reward type thing and kind of, um, kind of a comforting thing too. So. Yeah. So, so have compassion for yourself that you're turning to the thing that provided a sense of reward and comfort and, Mm -hmm. and you, but you just, you know, you, because it, it works. If ice cream didn't work, you wouldn't do it, but there's, there are other ways that work too. And you wouldn't, if this friend called and said, I'm feeling so trapped and awful and I'm so anxious and this is so, uh, you wouldn't say, here, have some ice cream. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I wouldn't do that. No. Yeah. So aren't. I would offer comfort to her. Yeah. So you, you sound like a, a, a person who's very, um, warm and caring and that is showing up for everyone but you. And I think you are also deserving to be the recipient of your own warmth and your own caring. Yes. Yes, it's a hard thing to do, but yes. It's hard. I am. Yeah. And it, and it won't happen, and it won't happen right away. So here, here, here's a new way to reframe success. Because if you, if you say, well, I'm successful if I don't reach for the ice cream, then you're setting yourself up to feel bad. But mm-hmm. if, you, if you say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reframe success. Success is the next time I want ice cream and I realize I need comfort, that's success, whether you eat the ice cream or not. Okay. Because here's the process of change. It's... I'm eating ice cream. I'm addicted to ice cream. I can't stop. I have no willpower. It's only about the ice cream. Then it's, oh, uh, I guess something is going on with me, and that's why I'm turning to ice cream. Then it's, okay, I want ice cream. I know it's because I need comfort, but I'm going to have that ice cream anyway. Then it's, I want ice cream. I know it's because I need comfort. I'm going to comfort myself. And then maybe I'm going to have the ice cream. Then it's, I'm going to comfort myself and not have the ice cream. And the last, the last part of this process of change is I need comfort and I'm not even thinking about ice cream. It's a process. Mm -hmm. So allow yourself to say, Hey, if I just recognize I need comfort, Maybe I'm going to talk to myself like a friend. That's a win. Can you do it? Yes, I can do that. Yes, you can. Yes, I can do that. Will you will you call next week and let me know how you're doing? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yes, I it, can do that and um 
uh, what was I going to say? I have been on your group for probably, I don't know, probably two years. So I just really love the way you do things. So, and for years, I thought I was addicted to sugar and you have shown me that I'm not addicted to sugar. No. (laughs) You're, and so you're already, you're already in the process of change. You are already ahead of so many other people who believe themselves to be food addicts. You're already in a place. Yeah. yeah, I always thought that I was uh, a food addict or a, uh, mainly a sugar addicted to sugar. And I was convinced of that because they said it affects your brain like cocaine and all this and that. But yet there was times where I could just eat sugar in peace. So how could that be true? So, and then, you know, you had said, no, it's not the sugar. It's what's eating you, what's going on. And, and I need to take time for that. I don't take time for that. So now I am being accountable to you and I'm going to take time and do that this week. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that you, you've been a, a part of my online you know, group for so long. And I'm so glad that you called in and it's great to talk with you. And please treat yourself as a friend. You deserve that. You deserve Thanks. to be as nice to yourself as you are to your friends. Yes. And I will do that. Okay. I will talk to you next week. No pressure. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, Bye. Nina. You're Bye welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Aw. That was nice to hear. So I also want to say that whatever is going on with you needs your attention, whether it's what is going on in your life. Looks like we have another call. Another call. No. Um, whether it's what's going on in your life or what is going on in the world. I think I have another caller. Hello? Hi. Hi. Oh, there's my caller. Okay. <laughs> this time, Dr. Nina, it's Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing okay. Um, you know, not great considering what's been going on this last, you know, weekend and week. Um, but um, I'm glad I have you to call to vent to. <laughs> yes, what we what when we feel and vent ventilate our 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 inner thoughts and feelings, that's how we get it out. When we keep it in that's when things go, go wrong. So vent away. What is on your mind? Well, you know, it's, it's been, I feel like we've had a second wave of, of, you know, the um, social isolation because of the curfews. So it's been, suddenly it was like we had a little bit of freedom where we could like, you know, maybe start implementing seeing our social distance thing with our friends a little bit more and, going out into the world a little bit more um, with the phase three opening up in in Los Angeles. And then suddenly, boom, the, you know, the protests and the riots began and we had all these curfews and they started feeling again, a little bit panicky and um, claustrophobic and confined, which exacerbates my panic, of course. 
Um, and then of course I'm, I'm angry and I feel guilt that I can't be out there, but I just can't because it's just too much for me to be in like a, you know, a giant crowd of protesters. Um, during a pandemic. During a pandemic. Um, and so I'm just having all a million feelings, just everything, sadness, anger, and it all culminates with this feeling of panic that I just can't shake loose, you know. Okay, so sadness and anger is all getting converted into panic. So would you describe it as sort of a... Mm, a trauma reaction, like like that sense of fight, flight, or or fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah, for right. sure. Yeah, yeah. And so you can't take flight, and that creates that creates the panic. Stuck. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So so if we if we focus on the panic itself then we're not paying attention to what is creating the, the panic. And the first two things you said were sadness and anger. Yeah. So when you, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about sadness? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I guess I always, it always kind of reverts, reverts back for me. Like, I, I just can't be present. Um, I, I have a hard time. It always reverts back to, like, why didn't my parents, you know, teach me how to handle these things? And why didn't, you know, why don't I feel safe? And it's unfair. <laughs> you know, and I, I get really hard on myself, I guess, you know. Um, and then I do a lot of blaming. Well, mostly against yourself, because what I just heard was, uh, why didn't my parents help me learn to cope? Um, it's unfair. And then you, and then you started then kind of going in the direction of being mad at yourself. And so I just want to, I just want to point out that w what you may be doing is, <laughs> distracting yourself from certain thoughts and feelings that you have towards other people, maybe your parents, mm -hmm. um, and then turning that around and it onto yourself, which keeps you in a state of constant panic because you can't let the original feelings flow out. And then you just keep it. I call it like have a Frisbee feeling, not a boomerang feeling. You have a boomerang feeling, whatever it is oh, yeah. towards them or what or the situation or people or situations you can't control a virus yeah uh, uh you know and it, it goes back then to you and then you just feel bad bad uh, and and stuck and panicked and 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 in this frozen place so i yeah. invite you to just speak the the sadness and the anger without without then turning it on you. Yeah. Want some help? Want some help? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm I'm going to give I'm gonna give you prompts 
and I want you to just finish the sentence. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you, are you, are you up for doing this? Sure. Let's sure. do it. Okay. I'm feeling down because I'm feeling down because. Um, I'm feeling down because, uh, because I, I watched a man die on, on television. I'm gloomy. I'm gloomy because I, I have no control over it. I'm unhappy. I'm unhappy because I'm alone. I'm hurt. Um, oh my God, this is hard. I'm hurt because my, my family doesn't understand me. I'm sad. Because the world seems like such a mess and people are suffering, including me, myself. I'm, I'm, um, I'm depressed. Uh, and I'm 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 grief stricken. Yeah, grief is that's like a trigger for me. Um, grief stricken. Gosh, that's the, the emotional one. I don't know if I can think of one phrase. You don't have to. Whatever comes to your mind. Grief stricken. Pass. I passed that one. Okay. Um, and I think that's enough because if I think about your answers, you had a couple that were about, of course, what's going on in the world. Um, a man, seeing a man die on national TV, the world is such a mess, people are suffering. Part of that is what's happening nationally, globally. But if we think about your answers as to how they pertain to your situation, it's no control, alone, misunderstood, lonely. Yeah. That sums that, it up. And that's... And that's really painful. The no control part is is probably also getting expressed by these that that fear of getting panic attacks because panic is a sense of not having control. You, it just gets you get yeah. overtaken. But alone and misunderstood and lonely. So alone and lonely loneliness seem to be the most powerful underlying states that you're feeling. Yeah. And misunderstood. Well, yeah, for sure. Um, and and like feeling alone has been something that I've always struggled with, even when I was not alone, um, because I misunderstood probably. And, you know, um, I, I, I've always also struggled with, like, I've always also struggled with mortality specifically my own um you know and 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 how 
just because having a panic attack feels like you're dying. So I feel, I feel like I've had like a near death experience almost like from the, from the, the couple major panic attacks I've had and watching like what's watching that eight plus minute video of that, of, of George Floyd, you know, like literally suffocating under that man's knee definitely triggered a lot of these, um, my anxiety over my, uh, over death and what death is like and my own death. And, you know, if, because my panic shows up as physically as feelings of like choking, like I can't swallow or, you know, suffocating, like I can't breathe. Like that's, those are like the main, you know, it's like my throat chakra is, you know, is what's really involved in my panic attack and my heart chakra too, because, you know, my heart's beating out of my chest, but, um, it's just like, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like that, you know, COVID is similar, you know, where your lungs get infected, you can't breathe. And then I, I just feel like all this is coming back to like force me to like see what's happening. Like, why am I, why do my panic feelings, you know, revolve around these parts of my body? And why is everything that's happening in the world today revolve around these parts of our, my body that I, that I can't, you know, I feel like, I feel like I, you know, I can't get a, a handle of when I'm in that anxiety panic phase. So I'd be wondering about if it shows up in your throat, what can you not, what are you not speaking? What are you not saying? What and truth is? Yeah. I mean, everything I keep, I keep everything mostly in except to like a few friends, a few close friends, you know, it's like. All right. So, so we have such a mind body connection. I, I've had people who I, I've, I had one person who was going to have some kind of like surgery on her back. And I just had a feeling that it was because that her back pain, which was so debilitating, she had to take time off work and it was, I mean, it was awful but I had a feeling that this back pain was som- psychosomatic, which is it's real pain, yeah. but it's an expression of an, an internal conflict and that, that she was burdened. She had so, a lot on her back, as it were. And, you know, she, we, she committed to, to putting off the back surgery and we did some really intensive work. And guess what? Her back pain went away, never to return. Other people with migraines things they couldn't think about, things that were too painful to think about. Did the work, migraines went away. Which is not to say that everybody with migraines, it's a, psych- it's a psychological conflict. I'm just saying for some people, certain kinds of, of, of bodily experiences are, uh, your body expresses what your mind cannot. So I would urge you to with those few friends that you can speak to, speak your truth. Say what you aren't letting yourself say. When we speak, it comes from our throat. We, you know, something that you, our throat and our lungs, right? We've got, you've got to say something, you've got to speak. Whatever it is that you're not saying, say it. Yeah, definitely. I have just so many things that that I want to say, though, that I can't 
Like I can't, you know, I can't talk to my, my parents about, and they get defensive because they feel like I'm blaming them, you know, and maybe I am, but it's just hard. I can't even tell them anything. I can't tell them anything that's going on that isn't a positive because then my mom is don't. so narcissistic. She just <laughs> thinks it's all about her, you know? So I, you know, I don't talk to them. And, and you know what, Dr. Nina, I, I love talking to my friends, but I think deep down, I wish I had like a mom I could talk to, you know, I think that's where a lot of it stems from. Like I wish I had a mom I could talk to, you know, and it's a bummer to me, but I, it, you know, it's, like yeah. it's unfair. I didn't get that. Yes, it is. And it's hard to have parents that can't understand you and that you've got to take care of them emotionally rather than feel that, you know, heard by, by you. Mm -hmm. So that was very, and very insightful, but I just want to say when I talk about expressing it, you got to think about who you're expressing it to. You can't keep going to the empty well, hoping that this time there's going to be water. Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, but you can process and mourn and grieve what you didn't get in the form of that mother or father, you can yeah. go through a grieving process for not only what happened, but what didn't happen and won't happen. Sorry, my dog. <laughs> Hi, doggy. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, you know, I get it. I get it. I, I, it's funny. I can see I'm, I'm very self-aware. I can see all of these, these things. I, I just, I just don't know how, you know, I just feel like I don't have the tools sometimes to, to, and that's why I call you. <laughs> well, I'm happy that you're calling me. Please call me back next week and share more of these feelings because and thoughts and ideas because the the thought of I don't have a mother I can rely on and sh and and just feel understood by I can only say nice happy things to her that's painful and upsetting and that needs to be you need to say it and you need to be heard and I'm thank here thank you you're welcome thank you for, thank you for always letting me vent <laughs> I am not letting you do anything I am inviting <laughs> It's good. It's good. <laughs> okay, Dr. Nina, I'll talk to you soon. I'm okay. Sure. Be be well, Jenny. Bye for now. Thank you. Okay, I think we have time for one more person. Hi, caller. You're on with Dr. Nina. Hello? Hello. Hi, welcome to the show. What's your name? Hi. Hi, this is Carla Gash. Oh, hi, Carly Gash. Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I don't know. Hello? Hopeful, disheartened, angry, sad, optimistic. I was actually I was actually distracted when I said, well, I am not feeling well at all. And I'm calling to speak about it. Um, 
Well, I'm from Kazakhstan, from another country. And uh, the whole situation with protests and riots kind of hit on me, I think. As I've been for three days, yeah, for three days straight, starting Sunday, I was also anxious. Um, and I really felt so bad inside. I think it also um, got together with my internal processes since I'm working um, on your binge release program. And uh, so a lot of feelings are surfacing. So same thing, um, when I saw the video of George Floyd uh, being killed, uh, it triggered my own um, my own experiences as well. When I was seven, I'm from Kazakhstan, but we were part of Soviet Union. And even though Kazakhstan was original, I'm Kazakh and our land, um, some of the Soviet Union government members, like Russian people, they used to like treat us like animals. But it was straight racism. And when I was seven, it's just very painful to talk about it. Um, they used to call me like animal, a lot of derogatory words, and the very unique phrases they say. And I had to literally fight for my dignity, like physically, verbally, and I had to like stand up for myself. And I remember we were like, there were girls from other, other, Carly Gash, you're sorry, you're you're breaking up a little bit. Yes. Uh, sorry, Carly Gash, um, I don't know what's happening, but your audio is breaking up and we can't hear you at all. Carly Gash? Um Hello, hello. Okay, now I can hear you a little better. Do you hear me better now? Now I hear you better, yes. Thank you so much. So I was like, we were, we had this kind of fight verb, which started verbally. And then I'm Asian and this Russian girls were there. And I had a couple of other, other ethnicities Asians around me, like our era, Central Asian people. And I remember all of them got scared and they ran away. And I left there by myself. Uh, I was alone. And in front of me, there were like more than six girls, I think. But I didn't run away. I just couldn't. I was seven and something in me just stood there. I said, I was so scared, honestly. But I was also brave. I was like, well, I guess I'm fighting by myself. So... And when I saw him dying there, I just, it was just so unfair when you're surrounded by people who are stronger than you and you cannot do anything. You can fight, you can ask, but if they're not lis listening to you and they cannot get the message, it's really hard. I don't know what to do in this situation. And all this, again, I also feel very bad for... Um, just racist, racism in general, uh, it's such a painful situation. I don't have solutions, honestly. And I am reading this Instagram where everyone is telling what to do. If you put a black square, don't do this. Don't hashtag this. 
don't keep silent. If you're silent, you're guilty. I don't know. I, I, I've been living here only for four years and I'm still getting to know uh, American culture and I don't know how to react, what to do. Um, I feel overwhelmed, honestly. And um, so these three days were so hard. I was anxious. I was trembling. My oldest muscles were like stiff. I was... And as a result, I benched a little bit. So... And my stomach hurt. So I am... I don't know what to do. And I cannot ignore the situation or ignore my feelings. And um, as a survivor of many, many things, um, I had this mode previously where... Okay, let's not think about it right now. You need to survive. Let's think about it later when you're at a stable place. But right now, I cannot even do this because uh, it's it's an old cold coping mechanism. I want to be part, like living life and doing things. So I just literally don't know what to do. And it's that. It's that helplessness, perhaps, in the face mm. of all of these giant uh, forces that you felt as a seven-year-old in Kazakhstan that's getting revived and refelt, and your empathy for George Floyd, what he felt, you know, that sense of being, as you so eloquently put it, helpless all other people are stronger than you and you can't do anything all you can do is bear it speak about it it the worst feeling the worst feeling is the feeling of being helplessness helpless and often we turn helplessness over certain areas of life into helplessness over food so instead mm-hmm. of i can't do i'm not saying you're doing this but maybe it will resonate with you mm-hmm. instead of there's a pandemic there's there there's there's racism there's crazy the world has gone crazy or what it, what's been happening has been exposed there's so much there's it's overwhelming it's you know giant ships of 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 the way that we are and where we live our lives and the way that we see things, it's all happening all at once. It's so much. I feel helpless. I can't do anything to, I feel helpless. It's easier to feel helpless over. I can't stop eating that than it is to say, I can't stop what's happening in our world. I don't don't know what to do. So all you can do is speak and listen to yourself remember that that is doing something Mm -hmm. and be kind to yourself during this Mm -hmm. one of the yeah it's not only helplessness I think helplessness is like the secondary emotion I don't know it's I also was angry and guilty at the same time because there are posts on Instagram which says, if you don't know, like, explore, read. And I'm doing this to my um, understanding, but being a transplant from another country is just, I just don't know some of the information. And um, and I don't know how to help. So um, I wish 
I could help, but it's just too much. And yesterday I just was driving after curfew and police came to me. I was just sitting there in my car because I couldn't stay home. My neighborhood is pretty safe, but I just felt constrained and I couldn't stay home. And after 6 p.m. I was there in my car just chilling and just trying to calm down. And then police came and they... And then I was agitated again. I'm like, oh, my God. So and then just then I drove home. So, yeah, I think that's just a lot of feelings. And those those feelings need your your not only your attention, but they need to be shared, need to be heard. And that's why I'm really glad that you're calling today and sharing your experience of the past and your experience in the present and that sense of being trapped and angry and helpless and all of it, there may not be a solution, but Mm -hmm. you can learn to tolerate what seems intolerable. Mm -hmm. There's not always a way out. Sometimes we just have to come to terms with the reality Mm -hmm. and, and unfortunately, uh, We also have to come to terms with the reality that my show just ended because we're out of time. But Carly Gash, I'm I'm glad that you called and shared what's going on. It's hard to come to terms with having all these feelings and no place to, to nothing to do about the situation. The only thing you can do is express how you feel, which is what you're doing. That is doing something. So thank you. Please stay healthy and safe and call me back next week. Let me know. We could talk more about this. Let me know how you do. Thank you so much. You you helped me a lot. The sharing helped tremendously. I don't think about it at least for now. I'm super happy to hear that. Thank you, Carly Gash. Take good care. Have a good day. Stay safe. I will. You too. Everyone. Everyone. Stay safe. Um, thank you to all my callers today. Thank you to all the listeners out there. I want you to also listen to yourself, listen to your heart, to your mind. Listen, do more than hear yourself, do more than hear others. Really listen. Take that in. So thank you for joining me today on the Dr. Nina Show on LA Talk Radio. I'm so glad to spend this hour with you. I'm here every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Be safe. Be healthy. I'll see you next week. You're listening to the Dr. Nina Show with Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland, only on LA Talk Radio.